Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're going to do another little top two list, this time overvalued players. Last week we did our, our two undervalued players that we like. We like more, but we're going to give you only two right now. Get you a little taste before we get a little further into the into the preseason here. But we got two overvalued players today. And that's usually what um gets a few more comments. <laughs> Hopefully we don't say one of your players that you're really high on, then you might, you know, think twice about it. All right, here's one thing we're saying, though. I'm, I'm not saying I hate these players. These are good players. These are very good players. I just don't necessarily buy into where they're going. So that's kind of what it is. We'll get into it here. We'll just jump into this thing today, Jeff. Top two. Who is your first player on the list that's going to get people upset? First player I'm going to talk about is someone that brings me no joy to talk about negatively because he is a freak. He's a great player, but he has been dealt real terrible cards. And that is going to be DK Metcalf. Yeah, He was very high on a lot of my boards the last couple of years. I was very high on him even in his rookie year. And right now he is still ranked as the 13th best wide receiver in fantasy. And I just do not, I cannot buy into it. You had Russell Wilson that really, really helped. Um, and that offense is just not going to be nearly as good. And, and DK, even though he is capable of going for a lot of yards, you're not going to go for a lot of yards with the quarterbacks that you currently have. Drew Locke, or whoever ends up being the QB there in Seattle, is not going to have a ton of touchdowns thrown. Just not going to happen. And every year in his career, that is where he gets paid dirt because he is a freak of nature. He has seven as rookie, 10 in two, 2020, and then last year he had 12. Um, his, his sophomore year, very interesting enough, he actually went for 1,300 yards, which is ridiculous, and he did that only on 83 catches. Very next year, same amount of targets, 129, caught 75, caught less than 1,000 yards, and 12 touchdowns. So this is why his value is still going to be propped up because he is incredibly valuable as an athlete. But I I just don't think you'll be able to use him the same way. I don't think that they're going to have the ball as often as they did. And even last year is, is a rough one, right? Like, they, they were kind of all over the place. They were really good to begin with, and, you know, Russell got hurt, blah, blah, blah. Yep. If they can't even run the ball, and that's the big question, will they be able to run the ball if they are a one-dimensional football team, which I think there's going to be parts of the year that they're going to be. And Drew Locke has not proven himself to be able to, you know, so be the guy. Funny thing, I'm reading this article about the OTAs right now. Geno Smith has the lead on Drew Locke in the quarterback competition. And that should tell you enough. And exactly. And look, um, does it mean that DK should never like be on your team? No. But at 13, there are so many other wide receivers or you jump over and grab a, a running back or whatever it may be. DK is just unfortunately going to be stuck on a bad team for at least one year. So he is a guy that is very rarely going to ever show up on my team because he's also happy. He's like a fun guy to draft. He is a physical freak. He put up big numbers is everything that is leading to a pitfall for some guy that absolutely loves him and he will never be on my team. So he is a guy that should be probably closer to, he should honestly be in the low twenties. So 
there were some struggles last year, even with Russell. Like remember we had, we didn't we have an episode last year talking about what's wrong with this Russell Wilson yeah, his, DK Metcalf his thing. finger injury, his hand injury, and it wasn't working right. And I don't know. I mean, it, he's still a good player. He's gonna get he's gonna get targets, but I can't see this team being very good. Unless they have, I mean, and things could change, right? If they go trade for Baker Mayfield, probably it probably increases. You, you're a like, little okay, bit. He's, a not, little bit, he's yeah. not as undervalued, but yeah. but that could actually he might go up higher than he is then and still be still be overvalued. You know, he could probably jump a couple of spots. And Baker Baker couldn't make couldn't make Odell work. You know, so who knows? I, if if it's if it's Drew Lock, I mean, Geno's the current leader they say because he knows the scheme. Obviously, Drew Lock should beat him out. If Drew Lock can't beat him out, that's pretty poor. But they they might have other options. We'll see. I, I like DK, but I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I I don't I just don't feel any confidence in this, and I feel like I don't want a wide receiver on a team right now that is just the quarterback situation is brutal. It is so bad. Everybody else has a, like a quarterback. I feel like I mean Jared Goff for the those Lions fans. I feel confident that Jared Goff can get it done. I don't that Drew Lock can get it done. Like I I don't know. I, and so DK, the only other thing I'll say about this though is. I think the wide receivers, like after DK, there isn't a lot of guys where I'm like, okay, this guy's going to for sure be awesome. It's this weird little group where I like these guys, but there isn't these like maybe sure things. Because right after DK, you got like a Terry McLaurin. Uh, where are we at? You know, uh, yeah, I like him more than DK. DJ Moore. I actually really hate DJ Moore. I know you do. You always do. I always <laughs> did, but even more so. Yeah. Like It hasn't gotten better well, for him. Then they have a, like Amari Cooper's behind him, which I like Amari Cooper. He should be the number one yeah. if De- Deshaun's there right. playing. Yep. Um, Michael Pittman, interesting. Chris Godwin's below him. If Chris Godwin's healthy, he should be up. Amon St. Brown, Marquise Brown. So there's Michael Thomas is down there. Uh, yeah, I and mean, look at all the upside for that. There, that that's so a, there's a lot of upside. DK does have it. It's just if that kid, quarterback situation doesn't get better, I just it's hard yeah. to draft that. Here's this too. Geno Smith was the quarterback yes, yes. that played last year when Russell went down, right? Yep. I believe, and I'm I'm kind of shooting from the cuff. So if if I'm wrong, let me know. But um. So DK, in the first eight weeks, had eight touchdowns. He went ham. As soon as Russell goes down, which maybe it, it uh, goes to week eight, maybe he had one good week with Geno after that, I don't know. But immediately after that, he throws up really pedestrian numbers, like not good at all. And at 15 and 16 is when he got four touchdowns, one against Chicago and three against Detroit. Like, fine. And that was, once again, that was when Russell came back, I'm pretty sure. Um Fine, but it just shows you when you don't have an elite quarterback, which let's not mince words, Russell Wilson is and can be when he is healthy. This is interesting, Jeff. Okay. Am I wrong? Is it really bad? This is interesting. So, hmm, this makes me, all right, this is interesting. I don't think Geno's going to be his quarterback, but it, let me, this is an interesting um, stat I got, or interesting numbers here. I'm just trying to see how they, how they got that way. I'm trying to see here. I have to feel, are you going to crush me on this one? Did Geno throw a bunch of touchdowns? All right. Though? So Geno Smith was the quarterback mm-hmm. weeks five, six, seven, and eight. Four weeks. Geno Smith was the quarterback. Oh, right? oh, he actually did well with them then. Weeks five through eight, standard scoring, DK Metcalf, wide receiver four. Yeah. He had five touchdowns within that game. Interesting. Half PPR, wide receiver four, PPR, wide receiver four. That's that's okay. There's some guys that have missed games, so let's let's drop it a little bit. That's just overall. So let's I can drop him. Um, let's see. 
nine wide receiver, nine points per game PPR. Okay. In those games, because a couple guys missed games because of, you know, bye weeks, probably at that point. So in PPR, he's wide receiver nine during that stretch and wide receiver seven in standard with Geno Smith. That is interesting. I don't know what to make of that. I, it's, it's not a huge sample size, right? Geno in that time through looks like five touchdowns in that time. And they were all to DK. Interesting. Well, no, he threw five touchdowns, but DK caught two in the first game that Geno played, but Geno only threw one. So I'm guessing he did get one from Russell that game. Oh, okay. Well, so, either way. So four touchdowns that Geno threw, three of them went to DK. Three of his four, three, you know, or three of five. Three of five touchdowns went to DK. That's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know what, to, I don't know what you want to make of it. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that is why I'm glad that you looked that up because I was going off the cuff. And it actually, so th- I'm actually reading these numbers wrong. So Gino actually did fine with him. But when Russell came back with the injured hand, that yeah. is when it completely went off the rails. Yep. So the start was good. So, hmm, it's, I I don't know. I, I still don't think though, like, I, I don't want to, the situation. I don't want I don't buy into the situation. Uh, yeah. I don't, Gino Smith over 16 games, if he was the quarterback or 17 games, that's not good. No, I can't no, no. see it sustaining. Yeah. So I don't regardless. I st- I'm still he, he's not 13. The basic point of it, I'm with you. I'm still with you. Yeah. It's just that's a weird sample size. It's it's weird. It's I mean Yeah, it, I okay, that that is a very good like okay, I'm gonna have to look into that a little more and, and see if I change yeah. my mind. But yeah. I, I am I still do not uh I, I don't shy away from saying that he shouldn't be thirteen because there's a lot of good wide receivers. Yeah, exactly. But I'm with you. That's interesting about Gino. And I honestly I've been hearing a lot of good things about like They've been really pumping up like Drew Locke because they got yeah, him. I think Drew Locke. I honestly to get thought Drew Locke was going to get the job, which changes the whole thing. No, to I think me he too. will. I, I'm at this point. It's one of these like yeah. Gino knows the system. He's the guy to lead the. It's it's only OTAs. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Still though, that yeah. um, I don't know. The thing with Gino does throw me a little bit, but I I I still I stand by it. But I'm gonna wait and see what uh what other things I can dig up. I'll have to talk about this one uh later on in the podcast too. That'll be good. All right. So here we go. Uh, my first guy. I feel like I'm going to get hate for this one. But I'm picking A.J. Brown here. A.J. Brown. If I look up ADP, A.J. Brown is the ninth receiver off the board currently. I, I get it. He's talented. He's ranked he, He's ranked ninth. Um, He's ahead of Tyreek Hill in the ranks. Jeez. Interesting. All right. A.J. Brown. I kind of feel like he's been an overrated player his whole career. I I'm I I know he wasn't he was on a team that ran first. Like if he's yelling at me, oh he was on Tennessee, they run the ball. Yes, I know, I know, I know. I don't think his quarterback situation improved. I don't buy Jalen Hurts necessarily as a guy who can make. I don't know if he can sustain these guys. You got Devontae Smith. He has good and he has got he has good receivers. I'm just not sure that Jalen Hurts can do this. I, I still haven't bought in yet. And A.J. Brown, over his career, year one, 52 catches for 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. I think we really looked at A.J. Brown with some big playability that year, right? That was like he, he turned a lot of big plays. It, and that's what really got him on the map. He's only, he only had 52 catches, but it was 1,000 yards. That's impressive. But year two, 70 catches for 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. Very good, again. And I know Tennessee not getting a huge amount of targets. And then year three, 
63 last year, 63 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns. Not a, not a, not a good year. No, that's not, there's nothing great about that. And I get, he's, it's the Tennessee factor, right? That's all I'm going to say. It's Tennessee. His stats are probably skewed because of that. They're lower because they don't pass the ball as much. I just, thing is, I'm just not sure his situation is that much better in Philadelphia. And because of that, I think I have a really hard time wanting him to be my wide receiver one because I just don't, I'm just not sure. I'm just not, just not 100% sure. Even though he has finished ninth twice with Tennessee. I know that. Just something about it where I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not buying in right now. And because of that, I'm going to, I just don't want to pick him. I don't want to pick him. And that's my, that's where I'm feeling like, ah, I feel like he, to me, he becomes overvalued because I don't want him there. And I just, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like it right now. I don't like it. Something about it is just throwing me off with AJ Brown. I think Jalen Hurts gets, I think Jalen Hurts gets pumped up a little more than he is. He's a good fantasy player for some stats wise, but I just don't know if Jalen Hurts can get it done as a quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the on the Hurts thing. If if he can actually throw enough to be successful in the NFL, he can run. He can do a lot of really good stuff. Can he support wide receivers? We're not sure. The thing I do like about AJ Brown is the fact that he was able to do that in Tennessee, not being thrown to a lot. And I, after one year, I was kind of like, "There's no way that you can keep that big playability up." Right, it was like too many things. It feels a lot like Debo, right? But he's done it multiple years already, and I feel like they're definitely going to use him a lot more than Tennessee did because they're paying him so much money. Yep. So with those two things, I, I feel good about it still. But well, does it worry thing. me a little bit? Because well, yeah, we've never seen that before. And okay, that's where it's just everyone's just going to be like, okay, yeah, he's going into this situation, new situation. Tennessee just ran the ball. He's going to get the ball, right? Jalen Hurts threw 16 touchdowns last year. Yeah, it's so bad. Tannehill threw 21 last year, year before 33. Yeah. Are, are we sure that Jalen Hurts is going to throw more than 16 touchdowns? I don't know. I'm not sure about this. They run the ball. Jalen Hurts had 10 rushing touchdowns. That's what they do. Boston Scott had seven. Howard had three. Gainwell had five. That's with Miles Sanders with none. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this is why well, sixteen this, touchdowns. This actually passing. doesn't make me worry about AJ Brown necessarily, but it does make me worry about Devonte Smith. Like the fans They're, of his, I'm kind of like, I'm not sure. Okay, and I'll I say, like I like him as a player. Minshew threw four, so there was twenty touchdown passes last year for the Eagles. Still, still, it's only twenty. Low. And so there's one one less than only one less than Tennessee. Yeah. But look what he did. I mean, there's not more touchdowns. I'm just I, I don't think. And the Eagles, to me, always get overhyped. They did win a Super Bowl a couple years, but most years they're way overhyped than they truly play. Like I, I don't know. I'm just not there. I don't. I don't know if Jalen Hurts can get this done. Yeah, I understand the skepticism. I'm not there for AJ Brown, but I think there is a lot to be desired in that offense still. And this is why. I mean, this has been the bane of my existence when I, you know, I, I feel like Goddard is a legit tight end i just don't think and there's enough they just can't get it going Devonte smith i think is a very promising young wide receiver he might end up getting buried i also, i didn't hate miles sanders i think he probably could have been better if he stayed healthy okay. but it feels like they just no one really breaks out well and part of it was so aj brown was never getting much many more than 100 targets right and the big time receivers get a lot more than that typically oh yeah you, you got to yeah. be in the 120s right yeah so you think okay again Devonte smith had 104 last year he led the team 17 games 104 targets led the team A.J. Brown's going into this same situation. This is what he's leaving. He's coming right back into it. 104 targets. Number two was Goddard with 76 targets. The, the 
The second most targets for a wide receiver on the team was Quez Watkins with 62 targets. Rager had 57. There's just, there's not a lot of targets there. there yeah, and Ertz even, Ertz only had 31 when he was there. There isn't targets. They, they, they I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly think a lot of targets will probably go his way. I think they'll force feed him the ball. I don't know if that's necessarily going to translate to a lot of receptions, though. Like, even if you get 120, you know, targets would be a, a good amount for the Eagles. Like, how many balls are you actually catching? Like, you know. I, not a lot, I don't think. You're like, I don't know, catch 80 of them? Like, <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a lot to be wondering about. So Tennessee threw the ball 535 times last year. Eagles, 494, dead last in the NFL. Yeah. But I think I, part of the reason was. I know. They're like, oh, well, now they have A.J. Brown. Yeah. Now they're going to throw it. I don't know if they will. We'll find out. I, I don't think it's going to be an automatic, like, let's lock him in. But I do think A.J. Brown I, is the one guy that they're he like. Is, but I'm not drafting him as my wide receiver one when I'm that unsure. I feel you. I so, feel you. All right. Second player. Second player. I don't think you're going to disagree with me at all on this one. I'm actually going to go with Antonio Gibson. 100%. And, <laughs> I know, I like, he's not my guy on my list. Close. But, yep, 100%. Yeah. Yep. So he, he is ranked right now as running back 15, and you might be thinking, no, how in the no. world are you going to? But look, there is um, quite a few guys like uh, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, even uh, Zeke, uh, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Harris, Etienne are all below him, and um, including Cam Akers, and not a huge fan, but Cam Akers is below him too. Um, Antonio Gibson has done pretty well for himself there. The thing about this is they did him no he gave they gave him no help. They actually diminished his role going into this next year. Do I think that he is a serviceable back and do I think that he's relatively talented? I do. But um look, uh McKinnon did not leave. That would have been huge for him. He did not leave. He is a good pass catching back. They drafted Brian Robinson. And they drafted Brian Robinson who who could probably take away some early down work. So Antonio Gibson is literally getting squeezed from both mm-hmm. sides of the ball on a team that we don't know how well they're even going to move it. Um, you know, they're very up and down as far as that goes. Is he going to be the goal line back? We don't know. Like, he literally just might be left out to dry, and you say, okay, in the middle of the field on downs, you know, one and two, maybe, you get the primary carries. And then he ends up with you know, whatever, like 750 yards and uh, like another 100 catching it, and that's if he doesn't get injured. And he might end up with no touchdown upside. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm staring at him, and I want to like him, and I just can't. I keep making up reasons why not to, and I think they're very legitimate concerns when there is a whole lot of other people underneath him. I'll take that chance on Saquon instead of picking Antonio Gibson right there. He is, yeah. Um. I don't love Gibson. I it's funny. I've I've, I've turned on Gibson because you were a big supporter. Of I was. Year. I, I was the one coming out of. I mean, before the draft, I was talking about Antonio Gibson. I just like the. I liked what he could possibly do. Thing is, though, the weird thing is, he, he catches the ball an okay amount. Thirty six first year, forty two second year. That's not a lot though for a former college receiver. Yeah, I feel. I always felt like he should have been getting more catches. And there, it's that that part's not happening. The catches aren't happening to an extent. Like Najee Harris, we were talking about before, had 75 catches last year. And you get Gibson only with 42. Um, he just, I don't, I'm just not overly impressed by him when I watch him. He's, he's, a, he's fine. That's pretty much it. He's fine. 
He's he doesn't. I don't I don't love the player, and he's only a, like one spot behind Aaron Jones right now. Like you said, he's ahead of Cam Akers, but I'm okay with that. You know, than Akers, he's ahead of yeah. David Montgomery. I think David I, Montgomery gets underrated in a lot of people's mind. He does for me. I do it every year. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I like him more because he'll get more carries. I think I'd probably feel more comfortable with Montgomery. I'm going to take a chance on Saquon. You know what? I might take that chance on Zeke. I would, well. I would definitely. I mean, there's a lot of like Josh Jacobs. I don't, why is Josh Jacobs that much worse than Gibson? I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's, he's not. Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins. Give me those guys. Yeah. Dobbins is another one. Even, like, even yeah. ATN. You're ATN, like, right. Right. I'll take the, I'll take the well, shot. Give, give me, just let and, me. Uh, Damian Harris, if he's the guy, like he and, will be better. Yeah. But, and, and I brought up McKissick coming back to, yeah. um, to Washington, and I really do think that was the kiss of death. I was like, that one hurts. And then when they drafted a guy, I was like, oh my gosh, like you cannot make this up. This is getting worse and worse. Um, McKissick last year, and he only played in 11 games, had 53 targets. He caught 43. That's where the catches are going to go. They're going to go to McKissick. And the year before that, when you're like, well, how much could he catch in 16 games the year before that? He caught 80 balls on 110 uh, uh, targets. Like they love to go to him. And there is a reason why he was like all but out the door going yep. to Buffalo and Washington was like, no, 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 because they want to use him. Yep. So even if even if he only caught 50 balls this year, pretty much like he doesn't get too banged up and, and you know, they use him less than they they did the last two years that it comes directly out of Gibson's end. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. hundred percent. All right. So my final guy again, I, I'm picking some guys today. They're going to be like these. These are these are I feel like. um some fantasy football darlings this year that people just want to want to be good. This one for sure. They want this guy to be a top 10 guy. So I'm going with the running back, running back nine currently my just like wide receiver nine. Um, It's going to be Javante Williams. Um, He's going, let's see here. I'm full up on ADP. He was going nine. He's ranked 10th. I think in consensus, it kind of very actually no ADP eight, ADP eight right now. If you look at fantasy pros, ADP, Eight for Javante Williams, going ahead of Nick Chubb, going ahead of Alvin Kamara, going ahead of DeAndre Swift. Eh, okay, maybe going ahead of Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was really good. You know all these guys. This is a. This is one of this happens every year where it's like I hope this guy I want this guy to be a top ten guy because he's not yet. He had he had flashes last year, right? There was flashes. There was times where like okay, Javante Williams looks like he can be really good. But again, at the end of the year, it turns into 203 carries, 903 yards, four touchdowns. It's okay. 4.4 yards carry. 43 catches, that's out. Some okay numbers, right? Not much better. I mean, actually probably worse numbers than Elijah Mitchell, really, in reality. If you're looking at numbers-wise, I mean, you might have, I don't even know what Elijah Mitchell's catches were, but he, that's the running actual aspect of that, not much better than like an Elijah Mitchell who everyone just is completely, you know, done. He's not, he's, not, he's 10 12 spots below Javante, 14 spots below Javante. And here's the other thing. Melvin Gordon did resign. Are we sure? We're, we're just positive now, right? We've all made this decision. Fantasy football, the fantasy football, um, you know, community has just decided, all right, this is the year. Melvin Gordon, you're going to take a backseat. Javante, it's yours now. We've just all decided. We're not going to let the Broncos decide. We've decided. As a fantasy football community, it's a Javante Williams job. Only because we want that to be. How many times have we seen this where it doesn't quite happen? Everyone's pushing for that that player to be the guy, but it's not. Last year, Javante Williams, 203 carries. Melvin Gordon, 203 carries. You know what? I think Javante Williams will outcarry 
Melvin Gordon this year. I'm, I think he will. It's not going to be enough to make him a top 10 running back in my mind. And that's where I'm at. Or, okay, maybe it will. I'm not going to draft him. Yeah. I'm not going to just, like, hope this happens. Because you know what? There's guys right there. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is going to be that guy. Nick Chubb will get, you know, 200-plus carries. But we know what he does with those carries. Over five yards of carry every single year of his career. I'm going to take that all day. If Alvin Kamara is there and we know he's playing, which he will be, I'm going to pick Alvin Kamara because I know what he's done and I've seen what he's done. Javante, maybe. You may pick him. Maybe it's a league winner. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I made the right call and you very well might. I'm not risk I'm going to take. Yeah, um, I'm actually completely on board with you. Melvin yeah. Gordon is going to be 29, I think. Um, he, but he, yeah. he out... The numbers are like they're insanely close. They're they're right. They're yeah. and you know and and they pretty much did. I'm not even gonna you know pull hairs on this one. They pretty much did the exact same thing. Except Melvin Gordon got eight touchdowns and and Javar you know Javante Williams only got four. And, and Javante had rushing. a couple more catches. Yeah, and a couple more catches. But even if that goes down, and and the interesting part will be Russell Wilson comes in, uh, and if if Javante Williams is the pass catching back then there is room for him to grow a lot more. But we don't even know if he's going to be the goal line back. You know, I mean, Melvin Gordon has a one-year deal because he's an older running back, uh, still producing. He he still looked relatively fresh last year. He obviously had pretty decent numbers, numbers that, for whatever reason, everyone thinks Javante Williams is the top 10 back for, and Melvin Gordon is not being drafted. <laughs> but, um, I mean, look, if that could happen, but also Russell Wilson could end up just throwing a lot more touchdowns too. And then it takes away the goal line, which Melvin Gordon could still be the goal line back. So I think there's a lot to be desired. Do I think Javante Williams will be a good running back? I do. Do I want to draft him in a top 10 role this year? I do not. There are 20, there's a 25 spot difference between the two and ADP right now. And I I think Javante Williams at this point in his career is probably, probably better than Melvin Gordon. It didn't show it last year. Numbers did not show that. And here's the other thing. Are we okay? He caught forty-three balls last year, right? Javante Williams, pretty mm-hmm. good number. Everyone just expect that's going to go up. Has Russell Wilson really thrown to running backs over his career? Maybe he hasn't the guys that can do it. Maybe that's part of it. It's not like his running back. So if you think about it, Marshawn Lynch maybe wasn't a pass catcher. Marshawn Lynch didn't catch a lot of balls. Chris Carson didn't catch a lot of balls. Who's he thrown? The, he hasn't thrown the ball to running backs very much. And yeah, he probably hasn't had a pass catcher as good as Javante at running back. I just don't know if he's going to throw a lot. To, yeah. I mean, he'll throw. He'll be decent, but it's not like those. It's not like that number is going to grass, drastically increase. No, but you also, know? I mean, you, you can look at it the other way too. If you really wanted to, I can go the opposite way and say, okay, well, you had you lackluster had, quarterbacks, yes, and did. the way to do that is to get the ball out of their hand quicker yep. and to give them easy targets, right? And that would be two tight ends across the middle of the field, and that would be running backs, you know, running a little wheel routes and whatnot coming out of the backfield. Um. You know, Russell Wilson doesn't need to do that. Uh, we'll find has, out. He has some good receivers that you know he's going to try to get the ball me? to. Yeah, Jerry Judy, which is a very high-end guy. Sutton, who is a very high-end guy. Um, and, you know, people like uh, K.J. Hamler and stuff, who has been hurt and we haven't even been able to see him. And Patrick is still there, right? So, I mean, he has plenty of weapons that he can throw to. Yeah, and I'm looking just looking to see if they're running. I mean, again, maybe you don't maybe look at Chris Carson as like this big-time Receiver receiving back. So, no, we don't. His, his most was 37 catches. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, and so, yeah. and so it's hard to say because I don't think Russell's really had that player. Well, is Javante Williams really that big of a pass? No, catcher? and that's what I'm saying. Where's this big increase coming from? People are expecting you to catch more ball. His, his catches will probably stay similar, right? Yeah. 
And I mean, he could, uh, to be very fair, I, I think it is very realistic that he gets 250 carries and Melvin Gordon goes down to 150, right? That could be, then again, you, if you pass that much more, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can argue it I mean, any which in, way, but in my head and in, in my heart, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I think this is a year too early. And um, Russell had McKissick for a year or so. Um, he had 34 catches when McKissick missed. So he, he'll throw at running backs, but that's not getting that much. Um, I don't know. I just think people are just, they want Javante to be the guy. So that's just, in, Melvin's gone, right? Melvin Gordon's yep. gone now in everyone's mind. And it just... I've seen it too many times where I feel like we just want that to happen and it doesn't it doesn't quite happen right away, right? It just takes time. And I just think this is one of those situations where I just don't feel like it's going to go away. Yeah. I just it, I just don't he, he's going to be there. He's if you, if you want him to be a top 10, if you want him to make that jump, he has to be the guy yep. there in that offense, right? And that's the only way. And if you look at who is also ranked up there and where they're drafting, you're like, "Okay, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, you know, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, they get an incredible amount of carries, mm-hmm. and they are the guy. And then other guys are like Austin Eckler and, uh, you know, Elvin Kamara. Like, okay, those guys also, not only are they the man, but they also catch up. They, you know, get thrown to 100 times. Yep. yep. Um, you know, and, and you could make that argument where Javante, after that, those guys are kind of like, oh, you know, he's only overhyped by two players, it's, it's, maybe. It's not a huge amount, but... But at the same time, you're kind of like, okay, well, is Aaron Jones the man? Is, you know, is DeAndre Swift the man? Is, uh, you know, Barkley, Zeke? You go into those things and you start picking it apart and you're kind of like, if Melvin Gordon gets 150 carries even, it becomes very difficult. Yep. All right, there we go. Let's see how people feel about Javante Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're going to love him, and I get it yeah. because every once in a while you're yeah. like, that guy can play. Yeah. But I'm still, I still believe it's a year too early. All right, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week. Talk to you guys then. <laughs>